hip-hop what's good hip-hop what is good this is the honorable mention episode for season four the new millennium we are talking about mr sean corey carter otherwise known as jay-z in the 2000s now the reason why i chose jay-z in the 2000s for season four uh looking in front of me lots of obvious reasons if you go back or if you were around hip-hop in the 2000s jay-z dropped an album nearly every other year or so and was a significant staple in hip-hop and the reason why I'm sending off to the, I guess it would be uh, to the viewers, uh, right-hand side of the screen, because I want you all to see this gentleman here behind me. And what this is, is when Jay-Z was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on October 30th, 2021. That is a very significant day. Dave Chappelle inducted him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is the first ballot Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen. Let me repeat that one more time. First ballot rock and roll Hall of Famer. Do you know how hard it is to be a first ballot rock and roll Hall of Famer as a hip hop artist? I don't think you all understand the uh, the pressure and the significance you need to have on the culture of music to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. LL Cool J got in that same night. But it was LL Cool J's, I think, seventh or eighth time uh, being passed over to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jay-Z got in on the first ballot. So I'm going to just leave it there. So we're going to talk about Hall of Fame Hove. And on this particular episode, I brought two queens with me, two ladies uh, that are very well-versed in hip-hop. Uh, one of them is Samantha Lavelle, who this will be your third time seeing and listening to her on a on a platform. She is from uh, Certified Nation uh, Entertainment, and Sam is like the, the Swiss Army knife. I mean, she, she does it all. Uh, she is so busy, and I, I'm so happy to have her spend time on the platform with us today. She was on the Tribe Called Quest episode. Go back and look at that. And go back and listen to me and her have a conversation about Missy Elliott uh, back in season three. So you all go back, do your homework, go check it out, uh, how wonderful this lady is. She's a fan favorite. Mom and dad, I told y'all bring Sam back. I told y'all. And the other lady that I have with me all the way from down under is Miss Hennessy. And Miss Hennessy does a lot of things in Australia when it comes to hip-hop uh, music culture. She has her own podcast as well, which I don't want to steal her thunder. She's going to come on here and talk about those two things uh, and what she has going on in hip-hop and what her contributions to the culture is as well. So without further ado, I'm going to bring these ladies in so you all can meet them. And we're going to have Sam go first. And Sam, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time zone you're in. I keep forgetting you in Seattle, Washington. Uh, please reintroduce yourself to the audience, Queen. What's good, Mama? Hey, I'm feeling good, feeling great. You know, it's a good day. It's definitely a good day. It's always a good day. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. Um, and then, uh, good evening. Oh, wait, good afternoon. <laughs> to Miss Hennessy. Uh, I want to introduce Miss Hennessy to the audience. This is our first time being on the platform, but I don't think it'd be the last. So, Miss Hennessy, do my audience a favor, introduce yourself, how you and and how do you uh, are involved in hip hop? What's your relationship with hip hop? Thank you for having me on the show, Rob. Um, hello to Samantha and uh, hello to all of your amazing, amazing viewers out there. Um, yes, Miss Hennessy right here from Sydney, Australia. It is about 12.42 p.m. right here on Monday. So like I said earlier, I am coming to you from the future and you're all looking pretty fine right now in these little boxes. So um, I have... Uh, a very, very long um, uh, love affair with hip hop. I've been in the hip hop industry out here in Australia for the last 25 or so years. Um, I started off on radio 
And um, obviously moved my way through, you know, writing about hip-hop, interviewing artists, uh, some music journalism side of stuff, and then, uh, of course, becoming a hip-hop DJ as well, so club DJ, and uh, kind of doing my thing there, representing for the ladies wherever I can. Um, I'm now a published author of uh, two books. I'm a self-published, um, I own my own um, self-publishing imprint as well. So, um, yeah, just helping to promote the culture and, you know, keep, Keep the voice alive, uh, basically, is, is is all that I'm all I'm, all that I'm about. All about hip hop education right now. Too. I think that's wonderful, Miss Hennessy and Sam. Thank you both for being on uh, this evening. One of the things that that we talked about before we started, you guys, and I mentioned this last week. The, the most fun time about <laughs> the episodes that we tape is the before the show and after the show. Before the show, <laughs> we talked about the word gatekeeper. Gatekeepers are, you know, depending upon how you interpret that, are individuals that are responsible for the essence and preservation rather of the culture. And I think that between the three of us and many, many others like us um, all across the world love hip hop and we're the gatekeepers, right? We're the ones that say this is what's acceptable. This is what the new wave is. And these are the individuals that we need to celebrate. And Sean Corey Carter is a part of the hip hop story. Um, so if anybody saw um, Jay-Z, when he got his acceptance speech for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he talked about how hip hop was gonna be a fad, how it was gonna die off, uh, how it was never gonna last. And here we are nearly 40 something years later, is still alive and kicking, uh, more popular than ever. If Miss Hennessy is on the call right now, we're popular than ever. We're in Australia, we're in all parts of the globe, and this is great to see uh, how far it has expanded. But before we even jump into that, I do want to give a short um, rest in peace to um, DJ, uh, not DJ, I'm sorry. Um, Kango Kid from UTFO who lost his life this past weekend. So another hip hop legend gone too soon. So uh, rest in peace to that young brother um, who I remember seeing him watching uh, say the song Roxanne, Roxanne back in the day, man. So uh, I do want to send condolences to him and his family um, and all the others that we have lost in 2021 uh, to the hip hop and uh, hip hop culture. So rest in peace. Uh, to that king. So before we get going into that, let's talk about Jay-Z real quick, right? So Jay-Z dropped seven albums within the 2000s time frame. First one up is The Dynasty. Released in October 2000, two times platinum, four and a half mic from the source. Uh, why did that get four and a half mic source? I don't know. That's kind of an iffy one, but we'll see about that. Uh, some of the hits everybody knows. I just want to love you. Uh, this can't be life. Uh, stick to the script. You, me, him, and her. Parking lot pimping, 1-900 hustler, where have you been? And one of the things I want to talk to you all about with the Dynasty album is the un, uh, what I would say the unsung hero of that album is Beanie Siegel. If you go back and listen to that album, you guys, Beanie Siegel dropped some of the dopest verses in the history of hip hop on that album. Go back, go listen to it. You'll be, you know, re, uh, reconnected with Beanie Siegel and him on three songs I wrote down in particular. His verse on this can't be life. His verse on You, Me, Him, and Her, and his verse on Where Have You Been, where the man is literally crying on the track about his dad. You talk about leaving emotions on the track. You cannot do it any better than Beanie Siegel did on that particular song. Um, so definitely go back and do your homework, you guys, about Beanie Siegel. I'm going to come back to him later on uh, in this episode. After that, September 11, 2001, a very significant day in American culture, uh, was when the Twin Towers fell. Um, I remember exactly what I was doing, watching that on TV, but it was also the day that Jay-Z dropped uh, his second five mic album, The Blueprint. Uh, and The Blueprint is 
probably what I would say one of the best pieces of artwork that we've ever seen um, in hip hop. Two times platinum. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine rated it number 50 on their top 500 list of music on last year's list. We all know the hits Takeover, Izzo, Girls, 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 uh, You Don't Know. Uh, Ola Hovito, and also one of the other um, uh, tracks on there that I like is All I Need and Renegade, which has that guest verse from um, Eminem, of course. And it is also in 2019 an album that went to the Library of Congress uh, for its significance to music and culture. So it's one of the few hip hop albums in the Library of Congress in the United States. So there's that. We'll leave it at that. Next up, we got the Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse, a double disc, Jay-Z's first double disc that we had, released in November 2002. Of course, I'm not going to name all the songs off of there. I mean, you all know the hits. Uh, it was it starts off with a dream, talking about him and Big and uh, Faith Evans, uh, Hobie Baby, The Watcher 2, which has a dope verse from uh, Rakim, O3, Bonnie and Clyde, him and Beyonce, Excuse Me, Miss, Poppin' Tags, I Did It My Way, Diamonds Forever, You Don't Know Remix with uh, uh, Lil' Fame and Billy Dance of M.O.P., Meet the Parents, Blueprint 2, uh, and my favorite, one of my favorite songs is N-Word, Please, you know, produced by the Neptunes, that's that's my joint right there. But that was released, a, a three-time platinum album, uh, released in November 2002, and then we get to the Black Album, um, very much like... Um, they, I think that what was a kind of like a parallel between the Beatles and the White Album was kind of what Jay Z wanted to do with it. It was more like his retirement party. He was leaving hip hop. He was leaving, uh, going on doing other ventures. Uh, released in November two thousand three, we got four mics from the source, three times platinum. Y'all know the songs off of there as well. Uh, more, what more can I say? Encore, change clothes, uh, dirt off your soldiers, ninety nine problems. My favorite is PSA and Lucifer, produced by Mr. Kanye West. Uh, so that's one of my favorite albums. And then Jay-Z goes into retirement for two years, right? He goes into retirement for two years. Um, he comes back with Kingdom Come, November 2006. Uh, four and a half mics from the source, double platinum. Show me what you got. Uh, lost ones, 30-something. Uh, I, I think I, I made it. I made it, Mom. Uh, anything in Hollywood, uh, which is also him and Beyonce. And then after that, all right, two more, two more leads if we'll get there. Uh, two more, uh, and this is what I'm going to say about the American Gangster in, in November 2007. American Gangster is the best, the best hip-hop concept album of all time, in my opinion. There is no other hip-hop album in regards to a concept. You think about a concept albums, you think of Only Good for Cuban Links, you can think of some of the other ones. The best one of them all is American Gangster, top to bottom. Lyrics are on point, beats are on point, produced mainly mostly by Sean Diddy Combs. Uh, so there's a lot of good music on this one, you guys. Pray, American Dreamin', Hello Brooklyn with uh, Lil Wayne. Uh, we have, and the winner is uh, The Rock Boys. I know my favorite is Party Life, uh, Ignorant Shit with another uh, track or um, lyric. Well, I'm sorry, verse, I'm sorry, rather from Beanie Siegel, uh, who just literally kills it. Say hello, success with Nas, and of course, Blue Magic and Dead Presidents 3. And then the last one in the 2000s, ladies, is Blueprint 3, released in September 2009, which was four mics from the source, one time platinum, which is actually one, I think, one of Jay-Z's best albums is the Blueprint 3. Not, well, not I was maybe in the top five, uh, I would say, uh, start time with what we'll be talking about. 
uh, just talking about the industry as a whole. There's a lot of shift in music and culture at the time. He talks about a lot of different elements. Uh, thank you, DOA, Run This Town, Empire State of Mind, which is a huge, huge hit with him and Alicia Keys. Um, on to the next one, A Star Is Born. When I first time I heard J. Cole on the track, uh, who is a superstar now, already home, so ambitious, and Young Forever is the premise for our conversation for this episode for the honorable mention of season four. So, ah, that was a mouthful, right? But <laughs> I'm gonna pass it over to the ladies first. And the first question I have is for Miss Samantha Lavelle. Always good to see you, Sam. Your fan favorite. The fans love you. My mom and dad love you. So I'm glad to have you back here. <laughs> and uh, the first question I have, Sam, is out of those seven albums, which one do you find yourself going back to? Which one brings you the most uh, memories that you connect to the most? Okay, well, the Blueprint one, I would say this because 2001, number one, brings back a lot of memories. My first apartment, you know, September 11th was a very significant day. Right. Also, let's remember, we were still mourning the loss of Aaliyah, who had passed mm -hmm. two weeks prior. Nice. So we're dealing with all of that and then still having this excitement with hip hop. So then he came out with the Blueprint on a very significant day. Yeah. And listening to it, you know, you had like, you know, song cry. I mean, I cried hearing that song just because I'm I'm mourning Aaliyah, I'm mourning September 11th. You know, it's memorable. Of course, like you said, Renegade with Eminem. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Now we know Eminem did his thing though, you know, that could be up for the bait, but Eminem, he kind of <laughs> did his thing on that album. We talked about that last week. Where are we yeah. talking about that last week? He did his thing. <laughs> So I think that for me, it's set, I think the president for, you know, Jay-Z coming into the 2000s. And then you made an interesting point, you know, seven albums in the 2000s. Well, seven is the number of completion mm. when you think about that. Yeah. So I think but that that for me, that really, I think, just start to set it off because that was just at a period where we were going through so much. Thinking about that, Miss um, Hennessy, think about the time in hip hop when the blueprint came out. You know, Jay-Z was... Um, you know, did the summer jam thing, you know, he did some some very unpopular things, you know, you know, you know, with uh, Mob Deep and and call it out Nas, which were the birth of the beef came for him and Nas, which I think was probably one of the best hip hop beefs um, in history. But uh, same question, though, Miss Hennessy, which Jay-Z album in the 2000s do you find yourself going back to? And you're you mentioned you were DJ. So when you spinning records and you're, you're you're cutting and scratching and mixing. And, and uh, you think of a Jay-Z song or a Jay-Z album, which one do you go find yourself going back to when spinning that record or album uh, every now and again? Um, I think for me, I would probably say uh, The Dynasty was the one that I, I would constantly go back to because that was the one that I think really um, landed Jay-Z um, uh, sort of here um, as a major, major hip-hop player at the time. Now, obviously, he had a career well before that but obviously understanding you know with um australia's take on on you know sort of watching the big heavy hitters in hip-hop that album was the was the definitive game changer hit for a lot of djs um and i had a pivotal role in introducing that album here to a lot of our club djs obviously you know making a trip to you know hip-hop mecca new york city back in 2000 for myself as this fresh-faced, you know, uh, hip-hop radio, yeah. um, you know, presenter wanting to understand a little bit more about the distribution of, um, you know, hip-hop into the right hands and into the right um, the right DJ's hands here. You know, you've got to understand we didn't have A&R 
um, you know, um, or, you know, like marketing departments like you guys had in the US. So we're talking major labels like obviously Universal, Def Jam, yep. Bad Boy, and you've got dedicated A&R people dedicating their time to send the right music to the right DJs. Um, I felt I needed to find this out, maybe investigate. My journalism career started off with that trip, and I will always look back on that trip as the game changer for me. So the the Dynasty album, definitely, um, that got major spins out here for him, and it really, really raised uh, Jay-Z's incredible stardom out yeah. here to really, really lofty heights. Um, I would say then uh, for me, and one of my favorite songs of that album, which I to this day still play, is Change the Game. I absolutely love that track. It is fire. It just has a, and I know it's almost like an introductory vibe, but everything about that that track is just is just fire. Um, and then obviously the blueprint, the gift and the curse is the one for me. Okay, it is okay. The album that I love the blueprint, but I found myself connecting more with the gift and the curse. There were more. I like the fact that some, like with each disc, there was sort of female-flavored vibes on one disc and real kind of masculine vibes on the other. And being right. a female DJ in hip hop, I was drawn to that. You know, excuse me, miss all those kind of sexy tracks. Loved it. Um, you know, and obviously my my radio show uh, was Word. called Shout the Blueprint, Blueprint. And, uh, in homage to, to Jay Z. So those two tracks or those two albums would definitely be the ones that I will always go back to. So with that in mind, ladies, uh, let's transition to the Black Album. So once Jay Z did, you know, I think it was Blueprint Two Point One, was like a combination of both of the albums together. It was kind of, like a, I felt like it was a compilation album. He really didn't need to do it, but whatever. Maybe a maybe a contractual obligation. Who who knows? But uh, so we get past the Blueprint Two Point One. We arrive at the Black Album, and then when we get to the Black Album, we thought that Jay-Z was going to retire. Lots of He did like a big concert at Madison Square Garden. He did like this DVD. Well, those of us remember DVDs back in the mm-hmm. day. He did a big DVD about it, a big concert. So, Sam, talk to me about your relationship with the Black Album. Uh, where were you? What do you remember? What are your standout tracks that you connect with with the Black Album? Yeah, I was I was back living on the East Coast with the Black Album. But yeah, that was incredible album, you know, Encore, of course. I was like, wow, you know, that yeah. would have been, had he retired, that would have been a very dope closeout. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, you know, can I get an Encore? So even if, let's say that would have been his last album, he had so much of a catalog already, you know, that he could have kept going up. Lucifer, that was some controversial to some people, but I was dope. <laughs> it was dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was dope. Everybody was saying, oh, he's a part of this Illuminati and all this crazy <laughs> stuff and everything. But that that was dope. You, you got to make songs that will have people talking and make them think. So that was yeah. very successful. Uh, December 4th. I just yeah. kind of like how, you know, that that kind of went. And Allure, too, was another one. Allure was yeah. on that kind of mature kind of, you know, I was like, OK, this man has grown up. Yeah. So definitely mm-hmm. a, a, another dope album that I'll go back to. Yeah, I love the Black Album as well, too. Um, uh, one of my favorite songs on there is, uh, um, I think it's the the PSA. So it was like the like the, the two-minute, allow me to reintroduce myself. Like, that that goes yeah. hard. I don't know what Just Blaze was doing, but that goes hard. That, that goes <laughs> so hard. Um, it's just something about the way he comes into that. And, it, and, and we talk about Jay-Z's flow. We talk about how he's, you know, some people say he's arrogant. Some say he's he's uh, flamboyant. But that's just Jay. Jay's been that way since he first came into the scene. Since since this, 
since this album, he was saying he was the man. And he's the best. Um, he was flamboyant about it. And I don't think he's ever changed. He's never going to change that part. And I think that's great. Um, and, and to transition that into the business side of it. And that's, you know, we started getting into more of the ventures. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Miss Hennessy on this. And Miss Hennessy, talk about your relationship with the Black Album and any of the other ones after that, either Kingdom Come or American Gangster or the Blueprint 3. Any of those other albums that stand out to you that you want to discuss to the audience? Yeah, sure. I, I absolutely agree with Samantha on those song choices on the Black Album. It was it was phenomenal. I mean, and everyone hit differently. Every single one of those tracks hit you differently, depending on what you were going through in your life at the time. You know, I remembered obviously being on radio for about 10 years at that stage. So where I started off with my relationship with Jay-Z's music, with the dynasty and what that meant to me. Yep. to see his transition from, yeah, he's always been arrogant, wonderfully so. That's him, right? He's never changed. Um, in fact, he's just actually grown more into it, and it, it's just it just is what it is. But you've got to have the, um, you know, you, you have to have a reason behind that. And, yep. you know, some people are just ignorant because they've got no other way to be, but he has obviously lived a different life than a lot of us would ever uh, imagine so that's that's what it is and I found the black album wonderfully arrogant if I could say that um, <laughs> 99 problems I mean really that's mm. the gift that just keeps on giving because there are 99 problems and whatever it is isn't one so I just loved his um, his cavalierness with that um, but with everything that Jay-Z does there's always there's always a message whether you want to hear it or not yeah. um, and I think the black album delivered quite a punch um, and the next favorite one of mine after that, your Kingdom Come, kind of hit and miss for me. There was yeah. it was starting to go down that Hollywood vibe, which yeah. I know we'll probably talk about a little bit later. And look, yeah. every artist goes through those parts. Yeah. But American Gangster, I mean, come on, like you just—it's just—it is—it's lyrical gold. Um, and with an opening, of course, from who would then come up to, you know, later be an incredible artist himself and an incredible actor, Idris Elba. Idris to Elba, have yep, him yep. opening, this yep. is just, this is black excellence here on the whole Absolutely. So, um, yeah, those two would definitely be be it for me. Um, I enjoyed the Blueprint 3, but no more so than the gift in the first but Black album is uh, black excellence. In my and you know what? That that makes me think about something. We talk about imagery um, and Miss mm -hmm. Hennessy. So one of the things, if you guys go back and listen and look at um, the Ninety Nine Problems music video, in the music video you see Jay Z get shot up and he's about to he's about to go down and he dies. And I think that was the image of okay, this is me, you know, retiring from Jay Z and being Sean Carter. That was what, what the imagery was about, right? So him. Actually, we're retiring and 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 killing off Jay Z and becoming Sean Carter. It's all about the imagery, and that's why that video and that song is just mean. It's so much more to hip hop than just a just a you know whatever he's talking about. And that's why Jay Z has so many layers. There's layers to this, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Z is a top five dead or alive MC first and foremost, right? So when you get to that top tier level. Uh, you're gonna say some stuff. You're gonna have to rewind and go back and listen. Oh, well, what do you say again? Yeah. Prime example, American Gangster. He has a song on there called "A Party Life." One of my favorite songs on there is "A Party Life." And if if you listen close to "The Party Life," he's being, you know, he's all talking about a uh, uh, celebratory and he's being, you know, doing his Jay Z thing and he's very vibey. The song is dope as hell. First mm -hmm. off, so you listen to "The Party Life," it's real catchy. I think it has a Marvin Gaye uh, flip on it as well. 
Uh, but then he says something like, I sport fly shit, I should win an SP. I'm like, whoa. You're like, whoa. I said, whoa, okay, okay. That's a whole nother level, you know, to, to, to equate fly shit, sports shit with SPs. Like, okay, now who was going to think about stuff like that, right? So only, only Eminem or Jay-Z or you know, somebody at the top tier that can put those those things together. So I get yeah, absolutely spot on this tendency when it comes to the best concept album in hip-hop in my opinion is american gangster period mm -hmm. i don't think there's any other one that comes close to it and i have the latest same relationship um that you have as well uh miss Tennessee, when it comes to blueprint 3 i played blueprint 3 a lot when it first came out i'm a huge fan of blueprint 3 um i love the entire album is it's pretty much you know the reemergence of kanye west um as an mm -hmm. artist um you know rihanna was on there as well uh, alicia keys had some big anthem songs on there um so it was it was a it was, I, had a, I had a great run in the 2000s but i want to fast forward a little bit and the reason why i want to fast forward is because he made an album and i think it was maybe 2015 2016 called 444. Mm -hmm. i want to talk about that specific album because when Jay-Z got to a certain point of his life, he started to reflect back and started to think about things that were going on, whether it was in his personal life or whether how he was being impactful to the black community. He talked about a lot of different topics that he didn't talk about before. So with that in mind, Sam, um, I want to ask you this real quick before we get into the last uh, topic of discussion. When you think about Jay-Z and his maturation process, how do you think he had pulled this off from talking about those albums in the 2000s getting to 444? Like, how do you see that maturation process uh, happen in front of our own eyes, in front of the world to see as Jay-Z the artist? I think just living life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the early 2000s, he was still, you know, fairly young, you know, mm -hmm. kind of on that party tip, you know, not yep. really attached, you know, no, no, no kids and things like that. Right. You know? right. But then you, you get older, you get older, you mature, you go through things in life, you want to talk about it. And then you start to care more about certain issues going on within your community right. and such, which we've seen. So I think he just wanted to really get on his grown man stance and be like, I'm going to talk about this. He said it could be risky because, you know, you know how the industry is. Sometimes yeah. they don't want you to open your mouth about certain things. But he said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I think it's just just life, just, you know, getting older. But still showing he got it, but just taking a moment to really say what he wanted to say. Yeah, and I think that's important. Um, that's important to me, to any artist. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about a couple weeks back with Kanye West, when Kanye West dropped the graduation album, that was the end, ladies and gentlemen, of Gangsta Rap, right? So Gangsta Rap died on September 11, 2007, when the graduation album came out. So with that in mind, now that opened the door for all different types of topics for hip hop artists to explore, whether you're young, old, and Jay-Z talked about his life experience by the time he got the 444, he was a grown man, he had two kids, he had a wife, and he had gone through some things that lots of other regular folks go through and he talked about that. So Ms. Hennessy, same question, when you think about 444 and the maturation process of Jay-Z, what's your opinion about that? Um. 444, it, it, it took some time to grow on me because I was stuck on early Jay-Z, right? The yeah, Jay-Z yeah. that we, we're currently focused on right now. So it took me some time because obviously, and I know we, we're going to talk about this a little later on, but, you know, with the merging of these, you know, the two incredible artists that, you know, end up in this marital situation, Beyonce and Jay-Z, yeah. these all outlook on life changed and rightfully so just to echo what samantha had said there was a different level to him that i always believe existed it just wasn't the right time for him back then to show it to us 
now 444 it was there were a couple of sort of hit and miss um you know vibes that I, I i really wasn't connected to but i think i was stuck on the on the artist and not the man yeah right because there's the artist and the man very often are they are they always the same yeah. person but i think as you as you mature and as you get older you eventually morph into what you're always meant to be and i believe that that is jay-z's uh, ultimate in game he's he was always meant to be exactly who he is where he is right now regardless of the roads that he took and i think 444 is literally his 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 letter to himself to a younger jay-z yeah uh this is yeah. what's going to happen brother this is what you're going through these are the ills that are going to happen um you're going to hit a road with your wife she's going to make an album and you're going to make an album and the world is going to realize that the two of you are humans superhuman maybe sometimes but you're human beings that are just trying to navigate this thing called life so i think it was a brilliant album it just wasn't the jay-z that a lot of us were used to until you got around the maturing i 1000 percent agree with that because i was one of those skeptics right when i first heard 444 i was like i don't really like this man this ain't the jay that i'm accustomed to but when you listen to the content, when you listen to, uh, first off, shout out to No ID, the production who produced the entire album. Shout out to No ID, um, who did his damn thing on the album. Um, just every song is very crafted um, to go along with Jay-Z's flow and his style and what he was going through. I think he captured everything Jay was trying to say. And I didn't really catch it the first four or five times, right? Miss Hennessy, the first few times, like, man, like, this ain't what I'm used to. But then as you listen to it, as you get a little bit, you know, you get, you let, uh, what I say, Sam, let life kick you around in the ass a little bit. Yes. And uh, you start going through some things like, oh, okay, that's why he said credit is so important, right? That's what he's talking about. Yep. So, so, so like it's, you don't really understand it until you get a little bit older. And I think it's just showing the brilliance of Jay-Z, just the brilliance. And I know it's outside of our scope, ladies and gentlemen, when I talk about him and, and we're outside of 2000s, but the 444 album, I was the same way. I didn't really resonate with it when I first heard it. Uh, but it talks about this, uh, the maturation process of, of a man, just uh, just any other person that's going through life, that goes through things, that has a family, that has all these uh, things going on around the life. And to, you know, to you know talk about the elephant in the room, you know, his relationship with Beyonce. And that is going to bring us to our last point. And I'm going to pass the mic over to uh, Sam for this one. And Sam, when you think about the relationship between Jay-Z and Beyonce, probably the most powerful couple in music, period, right? So let's get that out there, out the way. So, but when you think about the early points, you know, Beyonce and Destiny's Child was kind of rising, you know, in the early 2000s. Jay was already a megastar in hip hop. Um, and they got together, they were dating, there was, there was speculation they were dating and they were making songs together. Then they got married and then, you know, the whole thing of, uh, uh, with the debacle, with the, <laughs> the elevator incident, and all this other stuff started to come out. Um, but I want to talk about that particular part in Jay-Z's career because not only is it a part of his now, his personal life, but it's also part of his musical career now too. So uh, what do you think the, the connection is, Sam, between him marrying Beyonce and how it connected with him as an artist and his music? Mm, very good question. Well, you know, as we all know, Beyonce is a, a, a mega star, Absolutely. a queen in her own right. But, you know, Jay-Z is still, you know, a great goat of, of hip hop. But I, I think with them coming together, it almost became a, a media circus in, in a way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. everybody wanted to kind of keep up with the relationship. Um, yeah. And I know Maxine's going to touch on Miss Hennessy's going to touch on this a little later about yeah. um you know, being called, you know, Beyonce's husband instead of that's Jay-Z. 
and Beyonce. And then the whole thing with, you know, uh, Jay-Z's maturity, they all just credit that to Beyonce. But, you know, no, he, he's a man. He's a grown man. I'm sure he's had other experiences aside from just her to really grow up. And now they're like, oh, well, he's got the grown out hair. <laughs> He's got the more, you know, the suits and everything on. He's a little bit more, I guess, tame, if yeah. you will. And they're trying to attribute that to Beyonce. But I don't necessarily think that. I think, I think, you know, he kind of helped pave her career, I think, coming off the of Destiny's Child, her becoming a solo artist. But I think when they link together and then he's starting to mention her. See, I think it was kind of a it, that was kind of a nice little PR move. Cause you remember yeah. he had some videos, you see like a little short clip of her. Yeah. You know, being everything. And so I think that kind of helped launch her career, too. So you got to give credit to Jay-Z for that as well. Absolutely. Which brings me to a point that I'm going to pass to Miss Hennessy on this. So when Beyonce's first big solo hit came out, Crazy in Love, who was featured on the, on the, on the song? It was Jay-Z. Jay right? so, I mean, so, so, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, one, one could argue that, that Jay-Z might be responsible for Beyonce's um, independent success. But others could say um that she's just talented she's a queen and she would have got it done even if she wasn't married to jay-z and you could you can say that as well too right i mean i, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer but i do think their connection uh does have a lot of eyes on them and i, I want to let miss hennessy get the last point on this miss hennessy what is the relationship between jay-z beyonce and their creative process their music and how does their relationship uh shape and mold our culture our, our hip-hop culture i mean it's like about beyonce you know pretty much being the queen of hip hop and in essence kind of sort of because she's married to, to yeah. Jay-Z, right? So is that is that fair or how do how do we interpret that? Look, it's um it is it's a great question and it's it's an incredible um icebreaker for people who might not understand how to enter into the hip hop world so they might ride on Beyonce's tail coats, especially out here. I mean look, Australia is um a huge, you know, hip hop hip hop loving um you know country we have an incredible local hip hop community here with a lot of a local hip hop artists all honoring jay-z as being one of their biggest inspirations but when it comes to you know the real the real truth um who's going to start a show here in australia is it beyonce or is it jay-z well it's going to be jay uh, it's going to be beyonce because the numbers are obviously more for the pop side of things than they are for the right. hip hop side of things Jay-Z's been here twice. He sold out. He shows he was phenomenal. It's Jay-Z, right? The issue that I've always had with it, and I, I love the both of them. Beyonce's a queen. She has redefined queendom in terms of, you know, being this incredible icon when it comes to performing and creating this narrative. And she is a proud black woman, which I absolutely love. She's fearless about it. She doesn't care where in the world she is. She she represents for her culture and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. But I do believe that when it comes to the media representation of Jay-Z and Beyonce, yes, they're a couple, but the power that the pair of them have, she would have been okay had she not been with Jay and Jay would have been okay had he not been with B. Together, they're an enigmatic force that belong together but I don't believe that either one should be introduced as the other one's partner. They are powerful solo entities who have just come together to create this incredible world. So the biggest thing for me when I, I look at it from a, a, a hip-hop journalist perspective in a country like Australia that is still growing in its acceptance of hip-hop mm -hmm. being a major genre, 
Um, to introduce somebody with Jay-Z stature as just Beyonce's husband would really irritate me a lot because you're diminishing the power and you're diminishing the, the, the sheer uh, historical magnitude that this man has for the vehicle of hip-hop. Yeah. It doesn't take anything away from their union, but I think, you know, honour and respect need to be really, really had when you're, when you're you know, referencing somebody such as him. So yeah. to echo what Samantha said, yes, absolutely, I do believe that uh, if you watched his career closely as you've watched Beyonce's, you know that as she shifted from the goodness of Destiny's Child in, into her fierce, you know, her, 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 her fierceness of, of Beyonce, a little injection from her superstar husband really did help. And I think that that should never be overlooked. So, yeah, he's, he's not just her husband. Let's give Jay-Z his props and introduce him as the man who deserves that honor. Yeah, I heard. Put some respect on that man's name. Basically, is what she's trying mm -hmm. to say, y'all. Put some yes. respect on Sean Corey yeah. Carter's name, man. This man is an icon. This man is one of the best MCs that ever walked the planet Earth. Um, and that's why I'm doing an, a, an honorable mention of Jay. So Jay-Z is the only one that I've done two episodes on. That's how significant this man is to hip hop. Um, so I could not have gotten away with the 2000s or get out of the 2000s without talking about Jay-Z's imprint, his impact um, is felt and is still being felt. And we honor Jay-Z. We honor Beyonce as well. Uh, Beyonce is the true queen. Um, if yeah. you have any type of royalty in music, uh, it would definitely be Beyonce. I mean, let's just be real. But mm -hmm. we talk about hip hop, hip hop music, hip hop uh, stars or hip hop superstars. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z is, is at the topper echelon, um, and he is celebrated. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know what other, <laughs> what more can the man do? I, I mean, I, once you get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you guys, I think you've reached the pinnacle of what you can do as far as your career goes. But I think the man still have enough uh, more to do. He has more life to give. He may not do much more music. We'll see. I hope he does, but uh, we'll see. But his impact is always felt. And ladies, that's going to bring us to the end of our discussion about Jay-Z in the 2000s. So how we have been doing uh, in season four is paying homage to the life and memory of Breonna Taylor. Um, and I mentioned this last week when I talked about Eminem and why I chose Breonna Taylor for season four. Uh, and there are too many reasons to explain. You guys could watch that last from last week. I'll talk about Eminem, but um, Breonna Taylor, what happened to her was an American travesty. And we want to honor Breonna Taylor and all of the others that we have lost in the United States due to social injustice. So ladies, if you would uh, accompany me with your right arm in the air one last time for a chant for Miss Breonna Taylor. So I'm going to say justice for you say Breonna Taylor. We'll say that three times to make sure that her life and memory stays on lit forever. So one time justice for Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Justice for Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Justice for Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor, rest in peace, my mom. We miss you. We love you and thank you. And rest in peace to all the others that we have lost in the United States due to social injustice. So with that being said, ladies, it is time for shout outs. I think I'm going to Sam go last. We'll let the <laughs> uh, our new uh, member join us here first. This is uh, Miss Hennessy's first time on the platform. Like I mentioned, I don't think it'll be the last time you'll hear from our friend from down under. So Miss Hennessy, who are your shouts going to this week? Happy holidays to you as well, too. So who are your shouts going to this week? Thank you. Well, I'd definitely love to shout out 
you know you guys for this thank you thank you created and that you're growing so so well and to obviously the beautiful samantha lavelle i'm so happy to met you and to connect with such great spirits as 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 yourself and uh you know just just shout out to everybody that's that's obviously watching my family in the u.s if you i'll have to send you the link so you can watch it and of course to my awesome hubby my husband who's uh, always holding me down Big, big shout out to him, to our beautiful sons and um, my family and, of course, to DJ D for initially uh, connecting me with you guys. So she's another incredible female DJ out here in, in Sydney, Australia. She's a real OG. So big shout out to her as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Mama. We appreciate you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank all that good stuff. Um, we hope to see you in the future when we come back for season five in 2022 miss samantha lavelle my good man uh, why would i think about sam you guys i think about class i think about grace i think about knowledge she's just one classy lady so thank you sam for coming on board for uh the third appearance on our platform who are your shout outs going to ma'am hey well humbled again to be on for the third time you know big shout out to you and jess you know i love y'all y'all family big shout out to your parents you know much love <laughs> to them you know since i told you ma point. i told you <laughs> so shout out i hope i can you know meet them one day give them big hugs you know shout out to miss hennessy you know the lovely miss hennessy we're, we're on the same vibe it's all about plugs connections everybody being on a positive level so definitely happy to have met you definitely will be following you and tapping into you um shout out to my daughters thank you know thanking them for having the patience for me doing everything i do um shout out to my certified nation entertainment squad and then uh to the birdhouse and then just shout out to everybody who's going to tune into this you know just much love everybody coming together Word, word. Thank you, ladies, both. My shout outs are short. Um, thinking about the holidays and the holiday season makes me reflect on everything that's happened in 2021 and what a year it's been. I mean, oh my goodness. Um, another season of the podcast for us, but lots of things have happened um, and I can't think of them all right now. But what I will say, if anything taught me in 2021 uh, was that life is short. So you gotta live life to the fullest, uh, live it to, uh, the, to your happiness and whatever that happiness is, you find it, you hold on to it because you only live once on this planet. Uh, so whatever makes you happy or whoever keeps you happy, make sure you keep them around going into the next new year. So first off, shout out to Miss Hennessy all the way from the down under. Uh, love to have you on board, Miss Hennessy. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you, Sam and the Certified Nation Entertainment. Uh, her whole movement, her whole, both these ladies are super busy. You guys follow both of them on Instagram. I have both their links on here. You guys go out there and check out what they're doing, what their ventures are. Shout out to uh, my family, my kids, my grandkids, my mom, my dad who watches every week. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Um, shout out to everybody that was a part of season four. I said that last week as well. Uh, shout out to DB Entertainment uh, who had on there last week, wrap it up for Eminem. And of course, last but not least, shout out to Queen Jessica, uh, Miss Connected Dots. I cannot make moves or do anything without her. So thank you, babe. I love you. And uh, much success to all of us in the future. So that's all that we have. We're going to wrap up 2021, you guys. I'll see you guys next year. Be safe. Uh, wear your mask and stay hip hop. All right. See y'all soon, man. Peace.